Hey everybody, it's time for another Rotto Roundup, but this is not the main roundup. This is the live content that I recorded the other day before and after the roundup. So I'm just going to present it as a standalone podcast episode with me opening some games, answering some questions from the audience, and leaving out the entire roundup itself, which you can find elsewhere on this feed. Okay, let's get to it. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, everybody. How are you doing? Can you see me? Can you hear me? I think... I've set things up right. Hey, there is no reason for this to be on the screen. Let's go ahead and hide that away. Of course, the only times that I uh, forget to confirm that the audio is working right out of the gate is when the audio is not working right out of the gate, like a couple of weeks ago when I did that Gloomhaven unboxing. But it looks like all systems are go. And hey, Darkhaven and Republic, Republic of Joe and Board Game Bree and Dungeon Sound System and uh, S Chronic and uh, uh, Corthane. Hello, everybody. Um, how are you doing? Hopefully, everybody, or at least everybody in the United States or places where it's celebrated, had a nice Thanksgiving last week. We certainly did. We uh, got in the RV and spent three days down there and two nights um, with the Thanksgiving Day festivities happening in the middle of that trip. And it was the first time in a long time that I had been to one of Jen's big family gatherings. There were like 20, 25 people there, and I only knew like six of them. So I tended to stay in the margins and not turn on my Rado Life of the Party charm, but just uh, stay quiet and swing on the swing out on the porch and just sit back and listen and check my mail every once in a while. And uh, But the food was great. And uh, the RV was great. Uh, it's our third trip in the RV. Everyone has been a smashing success. So we are very happy with the results. And um, yeah. So uh, what we're going to be doing today is opening one, maybe two of these. And you folks will get to choose. And um, you know, apologies to folks who really want Flamecraft and Endless Winter the last time we did this vote. And I had to get rid of them because I realized, oh, I don't have enough room for all. You can vote on these or that one or that one or that one. And then after we're done unboxing, I'm going to live stream the filming of the normal monthly Rotto Roundup where I count down uh, all the games I played and Jen played over the last month and crown a new game of the month. And uh, then we'll do some Q&A and what have you, because I believe, and I haven't heard from him, but Ruel told me the other day that he was planning on live streaming at, um, you know, after we were done. So in theory, at two o'clock, or I should say two hours or an hour and 58 minutes from now, we will raid Ruel and that will be all very, very nice. Let's see here. Uh, and if Ruel is not there, then we will raid somebody else. Oh, wait, there he is. Okay. Yes. Yes. Ruel is going to be um, doing Shake That City. Oh, my gosh. This game is so freaking good. Normally, 
after I cover a game for Kickstarter, I think this just launched today um, from AEG, I'm always asking the publisher, hey, where do you want me to send the prototype? Because I've got a mountain of prototypes out there and I don't know what to do with them. Have me send the prototype on somebody else. I did not say, hey, where do you want me to send this prototype? I am hoping they just never, they forget all about it because this one is totally a keeper, more so than most. And you can watch Ruel shake the heck out of that city at 2 o'clock, and it'll be well worth it if you have not seen it in action. That is very, very cool. Well, uh, stand by. We will be rating you at 2. That's cool, cool, cool. Thank you. I knew it was something. I just could not remember. Um, and, uh, yeah, I agree. I often find myself agreeing with Ruel, but uh, rarely as, as strongly as this. Uh, the Shake That City is freaking outstanding. Uh, good call. Okay, so folks, let me go on ahead and bring up the poll. Alrighty, uh, you're gonna open. I'm gonna open one, maybe two of these, depending on which ones you choose and how long they take. And what are they? They are Virtue, Federation, Oak, Flamecraft, and Endless Winter. Now, before I start this, I made this mistake before trying to explain things when the voting was actually happening. I'm gonna explain this before the voting starts. Bear in mind, this, 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 this. All of these have already been covered on my channel. You already know what these look like if you watched my run-throughs of them when they were on Kickstarter. Granted, they were prototypes, so they still got a pretty good idea. This is the only one that I have not covered. So, if you want to see something truly new, you want virtue, the art of governing. I don't know much about it. I do know about all of these. But anyway, with that out of the way, begin voting. It is your choice, folks. Which one or two of these would you like to see open? And I think, you know, Oak, Flamecraft, and Endless Winter are all miniature heavy. They're miniature extravaganzas, these three. I don't know if Federation does. I don't think it had any particular... It was a pretty game, but I don't think it had particularly fancy components. And again, Virtue, I don't know much about it. Uh, but I'm looking forward to trying it as well. So, you folks, go on ahead and vote while I get a sip of water. And just make sure everything is going okay. Um, Flamecraft doesn't have a ton of minis? Is that true? <gasps> That's right. There was a mini, um, expansion available, or like, a, an add-on, right? By default, they have uh, cute little uh, wooden meeples in Flamecraft. So I guess if I open that, you're not going to be seeing the cool miniatures. You're going to be seeing the lovely meeples. At least that's what I think is the case. I genuinely don't know. But I can genuinely see everybody wants me to open Endless Winter, even though I'm so late to the party. It seems like every channel in the universe has covered this. And of course, I covered it a couple of years ago. But still, yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm now I'm even more curious. If they were the miniatures in Flamecraft, I'd be less interested. But uh, silkscreen um, meeples, that gets my blood pumping more so than miniatures. Although, as I recall correctly, the Flamecraft miniatures didn't all come in just like drab, boring gray. They were like a, a rainbow of colors, which is very, very nice. Um, Duck of Death says, why is the poll in German? Because I took uh, a couple of years of German in high school and... Uh, and uh, a college or university, and it, it's, it's nice to dust it off every once in a while. Um, let's see here. Oh, oh, oh did Nightbot just do something? Nightbot. Oh, the Nightbot. Oh, 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 oh. What, what? Oh, Ruel saying the Nightbot commands. I have no idea what my Nightbot commands are. What are they? So, uh, are available. Oh, I'm going to click that link and find out. Right, so, there's an Amy and Maggie, a Coming Soon, an FAQ, a Kimberly, a Live... Okay, so it's a bunch of different links. Recommended things that... Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. 
I mean, the main point of having this is like, so I can set up a, hey, when people use this command, they find out what's happening right now. Although they can see that. I put what's happening right now in the name of the show. But anyway, okay, it looks like, oh, whoa, whoa, a tie. Well, then I have no choice. I must unbox two things, virtue and endless winter. Okay, you folks have spoken. A perfect tie. That's nice. Okay. Uh, something new and something old. Although I think for most people this is still new. All right, let's uh, go on ahead. Although, hold on a second. Um, last week in the R&R show, I was totally remiss and did not say thank you to anybody who subscribed or did anything. So let me go back. Oh, first of all, Republic Joe, thank you for subscribing eight minutes ago. Uh, as you can see, folks, we are so freaking close to unlocking a bonus show for the month of December. Uh, likely it'll be another uh, bonus, uh, you know, R&R with me and well. So we're just inches away. And Republic of Joe, you got us closer. Plus, by now, Republic, or Joe, I'm sure your meeple is walking around down there and you can start hugging people and farting and all that. And let's see. Um, Rascal16, thank you for subscribing. Thanks last week, TBC Live TV, for rating. That was very, very cool. Tibby Blue, thanks for resubscribing. And Crafting Kingdom gave out a sub... Crafting Kingdom, thank you very much. You're probably not watching now because last week's was sponsored by you. But as a thank you, let me. Um, I, I've still got my Crafting Kingdom uh, thing. Where's my overhead view? Where's the overhead view? Um, as you recall, folks, let's turn it on. This has got to be the coolest player mat ever because of the LED strip on the outskirts. Look at it! It's so cool! And it's it's crowdfunding on GameFound right now, if I recall. This, uh, you know, you can get in, like, I figured it was like six or eight different colors, six or eight different sizes. Uh, you can get the LED uh, flashing strip, and there's a lot of different colors you can set this to. Um, and then, of course, they also have a really awesome waterproof game bag with some really cool features also. So, um, thank you, Crafting Kingdom, for uh, subscribing or giving away a, subs a subscription last week, and uh, yeah, I'm still really enjoying this thing. Oh, it's very fun. But uh, let's see. And then, uh, yeah, I think okay, so we are caught up with the thanks from last week and so, so close to unlocking. But let's start. Oh, let's actually go back to the overhead view. Overhead, overhead. And it is Virtue, not Federation. Oh my god, that box is heavy. Not Oak. Less heavy, but still heavy. Not Flamecraft. All my um, wonderful thoughts about... It's weird. They show the miniatures on the box. You sure it doesn't come with miniatures? That's pretty sassy to show them on the box and not have them. It says colorful dragon minis and wooden tokens. So I think it did come with the miniatures as well. But regardless, you folks didn't vote for that. You voted for this and that and the other thing. Let's go on ahead and adjust this a little bit so we can have a sparkly old time while we're doing this. There we go. Okay. So we'll come back to Virtue. Let's do Endless Winter first. All right. Endless Winter, Paleo-Americans. Paleo-Americans takes place in North America around 10,000 BCE. Players guide the development of their tribes across several different generations, from nomadic hunter-gatherers to prosperous societies. Over the course of the game, tribes can migrate and settle new lands, establish cultural traditions, hunt megafauna, and build everlasting megaliths. So let's, uh, let's talk about doing that, shall we? There we go. All righty. And I'm expecting a really fantastic production, uh, you know, from relatively new publisher Fantasia. Oh, this feels really cool. Oh, wow, this is interesting. 
So this is raised. This is raised. And this, where the snow is, there is literally a coarse, rough texture that feels different than the smooth of this and this and everything else. This must be a choice they made that makes it feel kind of like ground. I've never seen... Yeah, and I can feel the line where it stops right here. And it, it actually kind of lines up with this art. Wow. That's an extra little touch that you don't normally see. A feast for the fingertips. All righty. Get that. Oh, wait, hold on. And then on the box uh, inside, that's really cool. Some, um, you know, really awesome looking line art. I wonder if this was an alternate take for the uh, box art. And they said, well, hey, let's not throw this away. This is gorgeous. And they put it on the inside of the box. That's nice. Okay, what have we got? Well, we've got the uh, notice for coming soon on Kickstarter, Unconscious Mind, which is also phenomenal. And then we've got a Rue book. All righty. Um, Chief Thunderpaw, Chief Tuskbreaker, Chief Chiselstone, Looking Hand, and Firewolf. So the game comes with miniatures for all the different tribal chiefs that represents you. Then you've got these cool little silkscreened uh, meeples for your actual tribe members. And then some basic stuff about setting up, right? You have the terrain. Oh, yeah, that's right. The two different terrain. The, like, the kind of interesting take on a tech tree. And then the terrain to actually expand into. The worker placement stuff. Lippity flippity doop bop beep. Variant setup. Uh, card draft. Chief and setup card draft. Okay, so, I don't know. I'm never a big fan of doing uh, card drafts at the beginning of the game, but... That's cool. All right, modules. This is no solo mode. I would have thought for sure this game has a solo mode, but maybe not. Oh, it's a whole separate book for the solo mode. There you go. All righty. Yep, fair enough. All right, oh, and one of those little handy-dandy guides for how to... Hey, my green light is off. Um, where's the green light? Green light? Oh, shoot, I've got to fix that. All right, can't have an unboxing without being able to do the green screen. So if I hit this... And then I come over to you. Where do I need to go? This is exciting for you folks. All right. Bip, bop. And, oh, shoot, shoot, shoot. There we go. There we go. Nope. What is happening? Uh, okay, there we go. Yes, yes, yes. So now I can uh, close you. What do I need to do? I just need to close this Clearly, not prepared, but now the green screen is working. So, as you can see, you've got a breakdown for how the main glacier tray goes, how the individual player trays go, and how it all goes back into the box. For super fans of super, um, let's see, organization. And I'm sure these won't have any function other than to hold things tight. Let's see here. So, we have got... So, okay, these must be... The play so you put all the player stuff in these and then you can just hand them out. That's nice again for fans of super hyper organization. Let's see, and then we've got this one. Okay, we'll we'll come back to you in a second. Oh my gosh, look at these. Look at these miniatures. I don't know if this was a bonus advanced thing or it was regular, but um the fact that they come with this wash. Oh man, now I don't feel bad about not having them painted because I will never paint them. Look at that. That is great. And that's going to be Jen's favorite since they have a little pet wolf dog uh, by their side at all times. Let's go ahead and look at the other ones. Oh, did I focus? Uh, is, the, is the green screen in focus? Hopefully it is. 
Jeez, these look super nice. What's this called? Not stone washing. There's a term for it where you get where you get the wash pre uh, pre done. It's probably like a really nice upgraded version of the regular minis. But does this mean the regular minis weren't gray? Were they tan like this? Sundrop. Thank you, primary guy. I mean, these look phenomenal. Oh my gosh! Hey, what's up with that? Uh, and then another one. But, I mean, obviously, the one with the dog is the winner, and I will never get to play with that one. But this is interesting. There's a hole here. I guess maybe there's some extra... I know this came with a few little expansions. I bet there's an expansion guide that goes into that space. So we've got those, and we've also got these that represent where we are, you know, expanding our tribe out into the wilderness on that grid. And I don't know how well you can make out the detail, but yeah, these are cool, nice-looking little huts in all the player colors as well. And then, okay, it looks like, yep, we've got player rings that if you are going, if, well, let's see, let's not kill ourselves. This green ring, I'll do it right now. This is the only time the green ring will ever go on the chief that has the dog. Because this one will, the, the purple one will be permanently affixed to this one because Jen will always want to have her pet dog. But for now, and can they go back in? Do you have to take them in and out? Uh, looks like you have to take them on and off because the, the rings don't quite fit in that little space. That's too bad, but eh, not that big a deal. There we go. And then, no, actually, maybe, uh, maybe it's fitting the same either way. Come on, there you go. I'm not sure, but I'm not too worried about it. And then we've got, okay, the uh, two level things. This becomes the tech tree. It, it gets randomly created. Everybody starts here in the center. And one of the actions you can do is start moving around and unlocking all kinds of bonuses over the course of the game. That is one of many things you can focus on. And so we've got all this stuff kept in this thing, all the cards and whatnot. What's underneath here? What's underneath here? A blank uh, something or other. Okay, then we've got the player boards, which again are dual layer. The hottest thing these days. All the places to keep all your workers and your um, your progress on various things. I have to admit, it's been a couple of years since I played this game when it was in prototype form. So I do not remember all of the particulars, I am ashamed to say. Let's see. And then more awesome Miko art in the bottom. That is nice. That is so much nicer. I wonder how much more it costs them to do this. Because, you know, instead of just, uh, you know, just the raw nude cardboard. I mean, it, it's, it's certainly not necessary, but boy, it is really, really nice. Okay. Then we've got the actual worker placement board. Which is surprisingly not very big. All right. Alrighty, so, although this is not really the whole board, um, this is where you uh, place your your chiefs and whatnot, and your workers, but actually when the game is set up, you have a whole bunch of cards down below the board, because one of the things you're doing is drafting to get more cards, because this is a worker placement game and a deck builder. Um, so this would be taking up a lot more space. You can go look at my run-through to see how it all works out, but yep, this is gorgeous. You know, art from the Micho is always fantastic. And then we've got some punch boards. Okay, what have we got here? We have got all the pieces that get that randomly create the terrain that we are traveling around as we play. And um, yeah, there's the more. And then there's the uh, different upgrades we can get for our tribes. That's all very nice. And then, if I recall correctly, this 
was a was like an offering plate, and players were um, you know trying to you know stream up on either side to unlock bonuses and whatnot, more uh, objectivey stuff, a few more trains, and oh yeah, and then these were. These were, oh, this is where the animals, this is the hunting ground, that animals pop up, and if you really are ready to go hunt mammoths or saber-toothed tigers or whatever, this sits off to the side. All the animals you can hunt are represented by those cards. Okay, so that's most everything except for this, 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 and this. All right, let's look at some awesome Miko Paleo-American art, shall we? We okay, out of the way, plastic. I'll clean you up later. Um, there's a Pathfinder. And like I said, this is, uh, so the way it works, as I recall, is, um, you, this is a worker placement game where you send your, uh, little workers out, which, oh, I haven't looked at them yet, have I? Um, the silkscreen miniatures. And they can just go out and do kind of a, a lame job of whatever it is they're trying to do by themselves. But you also have a deck of cards and um, if you want, you can send out any number of these cards to supplement the strength of the worker. And that's a big part of the uh, overall element of the game is, uh, you know, you, I mean, you, you could just have one really amazing worker turn where almost your entire card goes along with them. Or you can, um, you know, hey, I'll have a couple workers who just do things by themselves because I don't need to do a big super thing. And you could spread these, uh, again, awesome looking cards out amongst uh, your different workers as you're sending them. And it was a really smart design from Stan Kardonsky. Uh, did an absolutely fantastic job. And then, of course, it's all brought to life with amazing art from the Misho. Um, right, so... There's uh, some cards. They look gorgeous. Let's continue on with another deck. Everything going okay out there? Uh, I see Flashburn says that this is a great, great game. I suspect, Flashburn, that I agree with you. I remember being blown away by it a couple of years ago when I played the prototype. And I'm definitely planning on playing it with Jen, uh, along with a bunch of other games. This... Um, what do you call it, this December, because, of course, on the day of Christmas, I will put up, as always, my preliminary um, top 10 of the year. And I need to play this to get an idea of if and where it would fall on my top 10. I have a hard time, from what I remember, not thinking that it won't end up making it on the list, because I just remember being so blown away by this, as was Jen. But, you know what? Hey, a bunch of really good stuff has come out this year. So in, what is it? I've got actually a list of things I need to play. You know, i got to play this. i got to play Federation. We just played Planet Unknown the other day, and oh my god, that was every bit as good as I remembered it. Look, just more cool alternate art for various and sundry things that we've already been seeing. Just stunning-looking stuff. I, I'm, I'm not going to show you all the cards, folks, because I've got a whole other game to box, because you folks... Um, said, hey, unbox two games with your perfect tie. But, um, yeah, really, really wonderful, wonderful stuff. Cool and atmospheric and of the time. I mean, and you know, I love, too, the fact that, you know, hey, you've got Miko art. Let it go all the way up. And, heck, all the way around on all sides. And then just, you know, tell Miko, hey, when you're doing it, leave a little bit of space because we're going to put some stuff down there so you can really get enveloped in the man's. I mean, just look at that. Look at how evocative that that stargazing card is. Um, or how exciting that ambush hunting card is. Just, just... The, I, mean, there's a, I mean, there's a reason I named him my absolute favorite board game artist. I know he's not for everybody because he's obviously very hyper-stylized, but 
Man, it looks like, okay, th these must be cards for the solo AI, I'd be willing to bet. Yeah. Okay, and then we've got the animals to hunt. To hunt. All right. Uh, uh, uh. Uh. Don't make me get out the knife. There we go. Cool. All right. Some uh, player aids. Very, very tiny player aids. Action phase, then eclipse phase, and then final scoring. Okay. And, okay, you can go hunting for mammoths. Or you can go hunting for birds. Ar Ar Argentavis. And uh, you can go uh, hunting for griftadunes or woolly rhinos or ground sloths. Giant ground sloths, don't forget. Not like the sloths we have today. Alrighty. Stag moose. Sabertooth cat. And then we've got uh, some other things. Uh, oh, like uh, setup guides for um, the board and stuff like that, I believe, is what that kind of stuff would be. So that's it, folks. That is um, Endless Winter. And now I've got to unbox another thing. But let's just get all this stuff out of the way. But boy, howdy. Just look at these. These are so nice. So, so cool. Oh, I love Sundrop. That is worth the extra whatever you end up having to pay for it, 20 bucks. I mean, obviously not if you paint yourself, but as an avowed uh, never painter, that is me. Oh, wait. Oh, shoot, shoot, shoot. We forgot. We have a whole bag here. Wait, wait, wait. Let's go back overhead. Do, do, do. Um, right. Do, 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 do. Hello. So here are our workers. Each player has two of them. Uh, oh, yeah, I was afraid the green wouldn't show up on the green screen, but apparently it does. And so, again, that is very, very nice. These could just be meeples. They were just simple meeples in my original. And, um, oh, and yeah, each color has a different design, too. A bow and arrow versus a spear versus whatever. That's a nice bit of extra love and attention. Then you've got these things that track your progress on tracks and uh, various and sundry things as well. But, okay, so you got a bunch of that stuff, too. Let's slide all this back down into the box. Wait, 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 what's this? What's this? Oh, and then we've got our little camp tokens. Oh, yeah, these are the things that go out on the uh, prairie as the kind of like area majority mini game that's going on, in addition to everything else that goes on in this game. Okay, now let's talk about virtue, which I admit I know nothing about. Brr. Virtue. It's a time of upheaval when the Middle Ages end and modernity is born. For those in the government, the situation is ripe for action. Uh, you must maintain its standing, and you, as its prince, must make this happen. Your city must maintain its standing, and you must make this happen. Virtue models the art of governing using an original mechanism that, de that then deploys from your player board. Your tactical options are laid out in the form of a wheel of cards, which you can evolve according to your objectives. Send troops or assign agents, and the villages will change hands. Ah, so there's some area control out here on the main board. Um, oh, shoot. I just what did, I just saw something Thundergriff Games. Hello Thundergriff. As always, the original. I don't have my ear and I couldn't hear anything that's happening. I don't know what's happened. Okay, good. I've got my ear in now. Hey, thanks for the raid, Thundergriff. We're in the, just about to open Virtue: The Art of Governing, and then I'll be ranking. I'll be doing a countdown of the 12 best games I played in the month of November. So stick around for that, and then we'll be doing some Q and A, and then we will be playing. 
Shake That City, which just launched live on Kickstarter today. So, uh, you've come to the right place, folks. You've got a long afternoon, or morning, or evening, wherever you are, of good board game content here. So you will not want to leave. And, um... And what just happened? What just happened? Oh! What just happened? Was there a... Was there a fight? Was there a, um... I, I've had my sound off the whole time, so I did not recognize something. I just heard a victory dance. What were those avatars getting up to? Was somebody dueling somebody? Anyway, though, I finally got my earbud back in my ear because I totally forgot to put that in. And so, um, how are we doing? Let's see here. Oh, man, and we're getting so close, so close to unlocking a bonus R&R for the month. Yay! With subs. Thank you, Kabuki Kid, for resubscribing. Thank you, Malgar2, for resubscribing. Folks, did you know, you can subscribe to a Twitch channel with, if you're an Amazon Prime user, and it costs you nothing. But it helps keep the show going, and in my case, it also unlocks bonus content. Uh, right, okay. So, we were about to open this thing. Oh, I haven't finished reading yet. Alrighty, so... Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Send troops or assign agents, and the villages will change hands. So there, yeah, I was just saying, there's an area control element on the board, but other strategic dimensions must be considered. Artists, merchants, and diplomats could also uh, work to increase your prestige. General-like artists working for her prestige. Uh, decide and act with just the right amount of ingenuity and audacity, and you will become the master of Italy. So let's take a look. Alrighty, what have we got? We've got... Whoa! Hey, right off the bat, for three to five players... See, here's the thing. I don't really know anything about this game, folks. The publisher just sent it to me, and I hadn't really... Oh, okay. There's a whole other book for two players. That's... Wow. So does that mean the game changes? Plus, there's all kinds of historical information. That's nice. How much does the game change for two-player? Jeez. Okay, well, okay. It, int it introduces the Neapolitan player, a dummy player. That's good uh, for folks who like that, which I do. Um, yeah, apparently a big enough change that it warrants its own completely separate rule book from the normal three to five player rule book. But, uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, this makes me more in keen to try because I love automated players and I always love seeing how do publishers tackle that topic because there's so many different ways it can be done. All right, Donald, what just happened? Okay, uh, it's Madbach. It's Mad Bach, or Batch, but sure it's Bach. Subscribe to Prime. Thank you, Mad. Oh my gosh, what are we at? We're at 145 of 149. I think there's a chance that we may unlock a bonus show today, which would be lovely. Because uh, I get to spend more quality time with Ruel and time with you folks. Alrighty, so these are the player boards. And, okay, I can see the arrows. So, clearly... What this game is, is a rondelle-based game, where you probably start with some default actions, but over time you can play cards. It looks like you can play multiple cards, so you can upgrade different spaces on your rondelle, and then on your turn you're moving clockwise to activate different things, probably with the traditional uh, Mac Gertz-inspired, hey, move one, two, or three spaces, or spend bucks to move more. Let's actually find that out. I love rondelles. Rondelles are in my top ten favorite board game mechanisms, so... And a programmable one, that's very, very cool. Alrighty, so... Um, beginning of spring. Move your action marker and perform the action. 
The only, uh, all right, all right, blah, blah, blah. Each, uh, one or two spaces for free, so you can move uh, one or two for free, or you can pay money to move additional ones. Yep, exactly what I would think, and that makes me even more interested in this game because programmable rondelles. Rondelles are already uh, balls, but then programmable ones, like, um, oh, the one from... Uh, Tasty Minstrel Games, rest in peace. The uh, Crusaders game was very, very cool. And it looks like this one uh, is maybe even more elaborate than that. Okay, so we've got a bunch of tiles that represent different regions, or maybe it's towns in Italy with different bonuses. We've got, wow, these are very pretty. These are really colorful. These, uh, and they're nice and thick too, and they pop really smoothly. Uh, oops. Hey, let's not put a green one. That's a bad idea. Let's put a blue one there instead. Green one on the green screen. Not always a good idea, but these look very nice. Some florins. All right, so you got a whole bunch of these. I don't know what they all do. And um, then more uh, things. Oh, these are in player colors representing the different regions. And this is probably... Some kind of big at-a-glance summary of stuff everybody needs to know all the time. Oh, wait, no, no, no. This is for two players. So this is probably an at-a-glance summary for how the two-player automated player takes their turns, would be my guess. Am I right? Am I wrong? I do not know. Uh, let's see. Then we've got a prestige board, keeping track of your prestige. And on the other side, we've got alliance boards. That's really... Okay, so... I wonder if you just use the prestige thing at the end of the game? Because I would think alliances are something that are probably shifting throughout the game. Um, right, then we got a few more of these. And then we have got a whole bunch of wooden discs of player colors representing, you know, taking control of the different territories out there. But we've also got this. Oh, we've got some more silicon packs to go in my never-ending expanding collection of silicon packs. Look at these little soldiers. They're cute and adorable. Little tiny soldiers. Again, presumably in the player colors. Those are neat. Yep, yep, yep. There's a whole bag of them. So, I guess maybe these are what you deploy out onto the board. And those uh, discs are to track something else. And then we've got, okay, probably capital cities are being developed out there in the world. So, you've got those pieces. And then we've just got some more discs. Oh, we've got what we've got. Well, more special things. More special little pieces of wood in the player colors. I'm going to, oh, let's see. Oh, these look like masks. Uh, you know, is there some kind of politics thing here? You know, having your identity disguised as you do stuff? I don't know, but I am intrigued. They're very cool looking. Okay, lots of baggies, a score sheet. Okay, here's the player eight. Here's everything you need to know, folks. Just go on ahead, and uh, now you're ready to play the game. And okay, it looks like it's the same on both sides. Yep. Okay, this is one for two players. So two-player change is enough to warrant its own special player aids. Alrighty. And then, right, this is a board game. We buried the lead. Let's get the board out. It looks like, oh, wow, really tiny. That's appreciated. Uh, you know, after some of the games I've played over the last month, having a nice little unassuming board, just a compact. Here's Italy as we're trying to move around and claim territory and all that. Uh, focusing on our alliances with France, the Ottoman Empire, and the Holy Roman Empire. Turn order. Yeah, and I assume, again, this is probably one side for two players. Yeah, two or five players, and this side is for three or four players. Hmm. Okay. And then finally, oh, we got some curds. Let's go on ahead and start looking at them. Oh, these do not pop. All right, I'll get out the knife. Reaching around blind for the knife under the desk. 
Right, right off the bat, I see the symbol for those mask pieces that we had. And uh, this is a, cons all right, come on. Sticky plastic, there we go. So is, are these all the cards for the purple player? I don't think there was a purple player color, so that must be something else. And then we've got, okay, probably before they're on your side and then after they're on your side, I would assume. I don't really know. But there's a consigliere and a bishop and a uh, confalionier, confalionier, and a maestro. I do know how to say that word. Oops, let's get those a little bit higher. And uh, a mercator, a merchant. Uh, Podesta, I assume, uh, are those the plebeians? Are those the normal folk? Um, an assassin, oh boy. I've been excited for this game, folks. Um, you know, I can, uh, I can live with a little bit of area control, but oh, when I see a card devoted to assassinating, then I start to worry if this is a game for me or Jen. Uh, like I said, I did not uh, talk to the publisher. They just went on ahead and sent this out. Looks like these are all the same characters. Oh wait, there is a cardinal. I think we saw that before. And a banker. Yeah, these are really nice looking. Really high quality cards. All righty. Oh yeah, so actually there's still a bunch of characters that give us all, oh, green is never a good idea. There's a blue one. All right. And uh, you know, I think, oh, these are in the player colors it looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a bunch of really nice art. And I was feeling pretty good about this game until I saw the assassin in a virtue. Maybe it won't be too bad or maybe it'll be too much for me and Jen. But, uh, there you go, folks. Uh, Virtue. Here's the back of the box. Because uh, I've already filled the top of the box with stuff. Phew! Unboxing done. So far, so good. Uh, no major calamities other than the fact that I forgot to put my ear in my ear. Oh my gosh, I totally missed it! How could I not hear the hype train? Oh, that's right. The hype train is completely silent. That should make noise, but it doesn't. Um, so, thanks for uh, backing on the hype train, folks. So close. So close. Okay. Oh, and I see up there, a couple people have whispered me something directly. Oh, it's uh, somebody replying. Here's an interesting thing you may not know about the show, folks. Um, you know, obviously I'm here to do stuff, and I don't always catch everything that happens in the live chat. After the show is over, a couple days later, I will go back and I will read the entire live chat. And if there's anything important I missed, like helpful hints from somebody or a question or whatnot, I direct message people, and so I see a couple of replies from somebody saying that they also love 60s Batman because we had a brief discussion about different versions of Batman. Okay, um, right. So, phew, that was um, job one done. We have unboxed a couple of games. Job two is for me to now record my monthly Rado Roundup, uh, which is a show I do every month where I and all the contributors to my channel count down from least favorite to most favorite all the games we played over the month. I've got 12, so I'm going to be doing basically a top 12 games of November with a new game of the month. And uh, after that, we'll do some Q&A. Um, but let's just make sure there's nothing uh, I need to be checking out right now. Now, one thing, uh, new folks, since there was a raid from Thunderglyph, some people might not know, if you have any questions for me, start your question with a question mark, because then it goes into a special queue, so it's very easy for me to catch them and not miss stuff. Because I am absolutely terrible at reading the uh, chat while we are live uh, during the show. Um... Yeah, I just, I mean, I, 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 I'm perfectly capable of reading, but when I just look at it, it just all becomes a big blur of text, and it's just, I mean, I, I'm, I'm so wired up. I'm very high, um, you know, high wire right now, or, you know, live, uh, you know, juiced. It's, it's hard for me just to calm down. 
and read and see what people are saying. Now, in theory, I could do that. Let's actually do that. Let's let's just look at what you folks have been talking about for a little bit, shall we? I'll just calm down and I'll just scroll up to a uh, random spot. Okay, yeah, there was Board Game Greed. Tell me about, let's see. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, this was before the poll. Let's go a little bit after that. Okay. Um, Board Game Bree, have you successfully farted yet? I hope you're enjoying that. It actually makes a little tiny fart sound. I try not to be too obnoxious about it. In fact, if you try to fart while I'm talking, probably nobody will hear it. But uh, So if you can ever wait, if I ever stop talking for half a second, that's the time to fart. So always just have one in the chamber ready to go if you want everybody to hear it. Let's see here. Um, all right. Oh, I see... Uh, oh, board game. Yeah, so people were saying I must have. Okay, so definitely board game read confirms there were no miniatures in the regular version of Flamecraft. It was in the du- deluxe version of Flamecraft. That makes sense. Um, right. Nothing is all right. Okay. Uh, somebody was asking me, will I be at PAX Unplugged? No, I will not. Someday I'll get over there, but it's like on the other side of the of the of the country. Um, next year. In March, we are taking our 20-year-old RV we recently bought and driving from where we are in Washington State down to the Dice Tower West convention in Las Vegas. So that'll be a really interesting test to see about doing conventions on the road in our RV. And it'll be a test for things like, hey, maybe uh, in late 2023, maybe next year's PAX, we uh, try to plan... because. Um, winter is miserable, and or fall and winter is miserable and blah and gray and very rarely snow, mostly just rain and um, and fog and drizzle. So it's a good time to get out of here. And I could imagine trying to do a cross country drive, uh, you know, getting down to Texas in November to be able to go to the the uh, board game geek. Um, board Game Geek Convention in Dallas, and then continuing on east to make it up to PAX U uh, in December. That. It might be tough. That would be a pretty tough few days drive to be able to make it from one to the other. But, you know, that's for next year. And it'll start out with a test to see how well um, RVing down to Dice Tower West uh, goes in Vegas. Let's see. Sand coating. Is that... Fideli, is that really a thing? Is that an option that publishers have? They can do a sand coating on the cover of their box? Folks, this was from when I was opening Endless Winter, and I was surprised that there was a rough, coarse grain uh, feel to the uh, box cover, and it was... Apparently, that's an option. You can do sand coating to make the ground actually feel like ground, which is very cool. Hmm. All righty. Oh, let's see. Kabuki Kid is always asking. I know you and Jen aren't big oven cookers. What did you do for Thanksgiving? Did you eat something special? Uh, We went, we spent three days and two nights down in Salem, Oregon at Jen's extended family's place. And Jen took, uh, she was told, bring a lot of pies. There's like 25 people. They'll all be ravenous. Bring a lot of pies. So Jen brought something like seven or eight pies of all different types. She actually hand-baked a... um, a uh, gluten-free one because one of the hosts of the thing, um, you know, has extreme gluten allergies and she did a cobble and then we bought some pies. We got some from Costco. We got some from a local bakery here in town, a little mom and pop place. Uh, we got, we picked up an ice cream pie from Cold Stone Creamery. And so we brought all these pies and a bunch of ice cream and almost nobody had any of it. Everybody ate so much turkey and ham and all the main fixings by the time, I mean, that, you know, it, 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 you know, everything was just kind of nibbled on. And so, we brought all those pies home, and I am definitely going to be putting on 10 pounds over the next week because we don't want those pies to, and ice cream to go to waste, of course, 
But um, you know, and and all the other family members, there was you know homemade stuffing and mashed potatoes and ham and turkey and a green bean casserole and you know all the kinds of stuff you would expect. No yams or anything like that, interestingly. And it was all very nice. But all I know about is the pies, the endless, endless pies that our our refrigerator. I mean, we uh, our our RV refrigerator was completely overloaded, and our regular fr- full size fridge here at home is um you know pr- stressed to the limb with all the pies we've got in there. But we're working our way through them slowly but surely, a slice or two a night. And man, I kind of a bummer. I weighed myself about a week ago, and I'm is down to like two fifteen. I normally I hover around two twenty, but you know Jen and I for the last couple months have been trying to be good good about diet and exercise or mostly just diet. Uh, my foot is still recovering, but um, and I mean, I was down five pounds, but I'm sure that's just going to get obliterated uh, by the time the new year rolls around, but that's okay because they are delicious. Okay. What? Um, right. Magic Moose says, what was the game you played a while back that had electronic pieces with lights that you could use a phone app to pick your skills for the turn? Well, the main one I could think of is beyond humanity. I think it's like, I'm sure it's Rado is Beyond Humanity. Rado, Beyond Humanity. I, I mean, I think there's been a few. Yeah, Beyond Humanity Colonies, which is about colonizing some exoplanet. And all the different buildings you could build actually literally light up. And not only that, but they all have computer chips. When you plug them in, they are literally their own little network of AI that's running all the stuff. And you use a phone just to monitor what's happening. And, you know, because the literal game pieces will report to the phone, there's a hunger strike going on in the in Module 7 and stuff like that. So that might be what you're thinking of. That's my best guess off the top of my head. Beyond Humanity's Colonies. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just in time to look for like Santa for the next big holiday. Yep. I mean, you can see I'm starting to let my beard go again. And if I let it go long enough, I would totally pass for Santa since it's all very white and uh, silver. Okay, I have calmed down and I've actually read through some stuff. But folks, if you have more questions, and as I'm as I'm doing the countdown for games, if any of these que- if any of these prompt questions on you, please ask the questions, but start them with a question mark because, as I said, I'm terrible at. I'm, I'm sure I just missed probably half of all the stuff that was in that chat because my eye just keeps darting around and I just can't focus. The reason being. I feel like, as the host of the show, I've just got to keep a constant patter going. No dead time, no silence, and uh, that makes it. I mean, and I, t- I literally talk faster than I read, uh, um, which is an interesting thing. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm actually kind of a, eh, I guess, a medium speed reader. I'm certainly not. A, I, my wife is a speed reader. She can just blow through uh, novels in a day or two. I um, you know, really thick ones, but me, I'm, uh, so that, that's always kind of tricky for me. And so I end up skipping a lot of stuff. So folks, if you have questions for me, particularly if any of them pop up while I'm doing the countdown, like, why didn't you rank that higher? I thought you really liked that one. Or what about this game? Or how does this game compare to that game or whatever? By all means, just go on ahead and ask me, but start your question with a question mark. Folks, um, if you see somebody show up later and ask a question and they don't start their question with a question mark, you can just copy their question, and then paste it back in with a question mark so I won't miss it. But then I'll think you asked it, but still, you get the idea. Okay, so before we get going, as you can see, there are a whole bunch of happy dancing meeples down there. Also happy because thank you uh, to Vernon for subscribing with Prime. So close! Inches away from unlocking bonus stuff. That's so cool. Um, But uh, the uh, dance time is over because it is time for them to all fight to the death in a battle royale. Which we can't actually start the real show. 
without some uh, pixel bloodshed. Pixel shed, I guess. So let's see, what do we got here? Hmm, I see myself coming in with my yellow balloon. I should really make that a red balloon so I constantly break out in song. Noin and Noinsig. We all need red balloons. But in the meantime, Flying Dutch Rocker backstabs me while I backstab Malgers. And then I throw down with Billy Pratt, an old enemy of mine. And who gets the health pack? Uh oh! Flying Dutch Rocker steals my health pack! And oh my gosh, I'm almost out. I think I'm not gonna last. I'm, I'm gone. There went my balloon. My balloon did nothing! The balloon, it does nothing. Meanwhile, Duck of Death makes a run for a health pack. And he grabs it. I think Duck of Deck is the early odds-on favorite. He's coming in with his cutlass. He's gonna cut a line right through Grunlight and um, uh, AG Fox. AG Fox. Uh, Billy Pratt is also in trouble. But Flying Dutch Rocker picks up the health pack. Oh, how the tables have turned! A battle of titans. But Duck of Death makes another run for a health pack. He's the smart one today, folks. And he grabs it, he turns around, and we, it looks like we have a pretty even fight between Duck of Death and Flying Dutch Rocker gets another health pack! Oh, Duck of Death, run, run! You're helpless, your saber will not save you. Flying Dutch Rocker backstabs and is gonna get another back. Duck of Death is running, but it's no good, Duck. Keep running, run! Don't turn and fight! Oh, Duck of Death, taken out by Flying Dutch Rocker. And I saw somebody just showed up. Somebody, um, uh, Tavernon probably showed up just a little late for the fight with your watermelon head, was that? I did, I, I missed it. But, um, there we go. A, uh, a, uh, an epic battle, to be sure. Okay. So, folks. Now is the time in the show. What I'm actually doing is, Every month on the first or sometimes the second day of the month, I put up on YouTube my um, rundown where it's a countdown of all the games we played and all the games Shay played and all the games Kimberly played and Amy and Maggie and Ruel um, and sometimes Ryan as well. And uh, today I am only recording my stuff because uh, they've all got to still send me their videos. I've got Kimberly and Shay's, but I don't have Amy and Maggie. Maybe Maggie will be making their first appearance in a rundown this month, so that's very, very cool. So I need Amy and Maggie and Ruel's. So tomorrow morning, by the time I've got their stuff, I will edit their stuff into my stuff and then post the whole thing on YouTube. But you folks, for showing up today, get an early sneak peek at my portion, the 12 games Jen and I played over the course of the month. And 12, I admit, is a little on the light side. You know, normally we're more like, I don't know, 14, 15, 16 games a month. But hey, it was Thanksgiving took up almost a week where we were pretty much offline because of that long trip. Plus, Jen was super busy throughout November as well, because, you know, at this time of year, she's always getting a ton of orders for GamerGlass.art, especially this year, because we once again pulled out the old Everdell, Rado's, um, you know, unique Everdell cards uh, that you can get when you order stuff from her Etsy store. So she just had a boatload of work to do. So it was hard getting her to the table to play anything. So we only have 12, but I think we'll make up for that in December, um, because I'm hoping to get maybe 18 or 19 games played, because there's a bunch of games I want to get played, even if I don't film them, so I can determine whether they make it onto the preliminary top 10 of the year. So next month, will it'll be much longer. But hey, 12 games is still 12 games, right? That's a reasonable number. So let me go on ahead and make sure that's all set up. i got to put that on the screen to remind everybody that while I'm recording this, I'm really, it's as if I'm doing a live show. And yes, the audience is there and they're laughing at my jokes or whatever, but I'm not really um, doing any back and forth with the audience. I'm just here to film my show. And after the show is done filming, I'll turn that off and we'll do some Q&A and whatnot. And then at 2 o'clock, Ruel will come on 
and shake that city to the ground. Oh my gosh, this game is so good. All right. So, all right, I've got my stuff. I need my banner set up here. All righty, I've got that set. Spoiler alert, my number 12 of the month is Heliox Chron. Oh, no, actually, you know, I don't think I need to have that right there yet. Yeah, okay. So, this is going to get edited in probably at the 10 minute mark or so. And it'll, so it'll just be me full screen saying, and thanks. Thank you, everybody. Those are some very, very cool games, but now it's time to talk. Right. So I'll be full screen and then I'll be, let's see, is my browser still working? Uh, sometimes. Yep. There's no browser. Don't know why that is. Got to reset that. Why does that happen? All right. Reset it. There we go. So, yep. I got that queued up. So that is my number 12, Heliox, and we'll be countdowning from there. I've basically got a tab open for every single thing that I'm going to talk through in order. And uh, yeah, okay. <clears throat> so back to me. Oop, oh, sorry, that is the overhead. Where is it? Do, oop. There we go, there we go. Hmm, actually, I wonder if it should come back to me full screen like that, zoomed in. Maybe it should, because it's not like when I come back that there's anything on the screen, right? How does the transition look from that to that? That actually, you know, I think, yeah, I think we'll start here. So I'm jumping into the middle. It won't be full screen. It'll be me more zoomed in. And uh, with the ever-present advertisement for my wife's glass art, uh, my number one sponsor or supporter of the show and in life, uh, Jennifer Ham of GamerGlass.art. It might not be too late, folks. I think she generally has a deadline of something like, if you're in the continental U.S. anyway, of something like December 5th or something like that, if you can get your orders in for gifts that you want to give for board game geeks or, you know, great stocking stuffers, uh, go to GamerGlass.art and find out. But anyway, that's not what we're here to do today. Okay. Has anything else happened? All right. Oh, Bing! Uh, see you later. Uh, thanks, as always, for supporting the show. Ooh! Magic Moose Moo says the bad karmas. Yes. That is the one I'm sure I was thinking about, uh, Magic Moose Moo. The bad karmas. Or was it you, Martin, who asked? I forget. Um, yeah, that one was very, very cool as well. And, um, you know, it had the bases of your miniatures light up to indicate the uh, directions they were weak from and stuff like that. That was pretty neat also. That was with the tabula system, as I recall. Okay. Right. So, let me just get one more drink of water. And then we will be ready to go. And, uh, right. Okay, thank you, um, contributors. Those were some very, very cool games. But now, folks, the moment you may or may not have been waiting for, I'm going to tell you about the 12 games that Jen and I played over the month of November and uh, will crown a new game of the month. And now, of course, I should point out... Oh, shoot. Grr, I just saw that flash. I think it's because I've still got the green screen on. If I turn the green screen off... How do I turn the green screen off? I have a button for it. Nope, that, not that one. This one? Nope. I used to have a button for it. There it is. Okay. Right. Okay. So, I think that full screen flash was this, the, uh, this camera right here. The green screen camera uh, glitching out. So, if I turn it off, then hopefully there won't be any glitches. So, let's start over without the glitchy glitch, shall we? Urgh, technology fails me. All right. And here's the part where the actual roundup has been cut out. Now, to the post-show. And I'm done! Hooray! We have made it! Are you still with me, folks? Have you stuck around? Um, because I have finished my top ten. Shake that city 
I cannot stress just how much I love this game. Jen really loves it too. Interesting. I love it a little bit more than her. Um, she talked when we did her Jen jog. Uh, she talked a bit about you know how it can be frustrating and challenging to deal with the randomness of the shaker. But for me, that's just part of it because you really need to be planning for what might the shaker do. And this game rewards surprisingly well long-term strategy in a game that feels very, very tactical. And again, I'm just going to get it out because I love it so much. I love it so much. Two-sided board, so there's different modes to play. But this shaker, there it is. Oh, hey, what just happened? The Good Time Society? Got Becca Scott? Hello! Thanks! Um, your timing is terrible! I just finished doing my top 10, or my top 12 games of the month. And I just did a, a new game. Although, you'll want to stick around anyway, folks, because in about 20 minutes, I am going to be raiding Ruel Gaviola. And Ruel is going to be live streaming a game of Shake That City. I was just going to talk about it, but that's okay. Um, stick around for Ruel. I, I don't want to spoil a surprise. Why, I'm sure he'll be doing a solo run-through. I guarantee you will laugh out loud as he tries to puzzle his way through it. It's a brilliant game. Um, but we have a little bit of time now um, to, uh, to to wait for Ruel. We're going to raid him at you know 2 PST. So, folks, for the next 15, 20 minutes or so, how about we do some Q&A right after I get a drink of water? Um... And if any of you Good Time Society folks are new to the channel, here's what's going on. Um, if you have any questions for me about games, about the channel, about life, the universe, and everything, about TV shows, whatever it might be, go on ahead and ask, but start your question with a question mark, because that puts it in a special queue, so it's easier for me. I don't want to miss any questions. So we'll do some Q&A, and uh, we'll see what we can get up to. I do see that, um, let's see, Flashburn asked... There's a couple of modules in the base game rulebook uh, and the rest and, and the end for rest tokens and glacier tokens. Definitely use them. Even, all right, so this was something that Flashburn mentioned uh, an hour ago when I was talking about Endless Winter because you also missed me unboxing Endless Winter and Virtue. Sorry, uh, you're a little late, but I'm glad to have you here now, folks. And so Flashburn has probably already played Endless Winter and said, hey, definitely use the rest tokens and the glacier modules, which probably didn't exist when I covered the game a couple of months or years ago in prototype form. So thank you, Flashburn. I will totally do that. Let's see here. Um, Kabuki Kid asked, I know you and Jen aren't big oven cookers. Oh, you know, I, I answered this one earlier. I saw it come through. So nobody has asked a question with a question mark. So ah, I'm never a big fan of this, but I am going to come over and I will just look at the chat. I'll scroll up a little bit and see what people are talking about and um, give folks a little bit of a chance to ask some questions. Okay, um, right. R uh, I, I can see, oh, let's see here. Scrolling back up. Do, do, do. Oh, that is a good question. Uh, Kabuki was asking, is there a command to tell people? Oh, yeah, while I was in the middle of my live recording, I can't really do back and forth Q&A and people ask questions. And we've just recently set up Nightbot. Ruckus, you are, Ruckus or Kabuki, because I think you're asking on behalf of Kabuki. Um, is there a way to use Nightbot to create a command so that people can just say, exclamation point reminder? I, there's not currently, but there should be. I'm going to literally put that on my list of things to do right now. I am going to send an email to myself. Um, because, yeah, we should totally 100% have that. Where is that? New email to richard at rotto.com. Nightbot uh, command list. Yeah. 
All right, and send. So I do not forget to do that because I tend not, as soon as the live stream is over, I tend to stop thinking about it. I forget, but we should totally set that up. Oh, I see questions are coming in. Hoorah. Okay. Major Malger 2 says, have I ever considered designing a board game? And if I did, what theme would I choose? First of all, Malger, uh, there is an answer to that question at faq.rado.com. There's about 20 different common questions I get. The most common question by far, is Jen real? Or have I made up a make-believe wife that I'm always talking about in my videos? But one of them is, hey, if you were to design a board game, what would it be? Have you done it? And um, you can go, I'll save you the trouble of going, and going to faq.rado.com. The answer is no, I would never do it. I was a video game designer for 20 plus years. And, I, and, and there's a couple of things. One, I know how hard it is. And two... Being a video game designer for 20 years helped completely squash and destroy my passion for playing video games because I, I can't play a video game without just thinking about how the sausage is made. I don't want to ruin my passion for board games. And plus, it would just be a lot of work. Now, all that said, there is a game that is probably coming uh, later in 2023 to crowdfunding called Plunderous. And here's the deal. I did a lot of design on that game because it's a, designed by a friend of mine, and he was designing it as like a Twilight, uh, a Twilight Imperium style 4x big epic game, but set in a pirate universe, and it was brilliant. And he wanted to come up with solo and co-op rules, and so I have spent months with him working on uh, how to convert his, you know, real head-to-head -head style pirates uh, domination game into a fun co-op game. You know, basically applying every trick I know, having played games and being a Care Bear player for over a decade now. So when that game eventually comes out, I think he's going to give me a special thanks. I don't, I don't think I did enough work to warrant a co-design, but that's as close as it's going to be. Although, based on the success of that, he and I have been kind of working on another design as well. Um, and I shouldn't... I no, nothing about that has been announced at all. But that one, depending on how things evolve, I might ultimately end up doing a, a co-design on that one. Uh, it's a science fiction game, and I'm so excited about the concept and the core ideas of how it would work. But um, again, in both those cases... I have a friend who is doing the vast majority of the work, the balancing, all of that stuff. I'm just the idea guy and bringing my experience, both as a video game designer for two decades and a decade of being a board game evaluator reviewer uh, to try and make his games better. Um, for free. I'm not making any money off of them. I, it's just kind of a fun exercise. If he does all the heavy work and I just get to say yes, no, maybes, I'm really enjoying that. Okay. Kind of reminds me, um, I worked at Lionhead for years. I was the co-lead designer on Fable 2. And that's working with Peter Molyneux, who was the grand poobah of Lionhead. He was the big idea guy. He'd say, I want a dog. And um, here's what I want it to feel like. And like, okay, well, it's my job to figure out how to actually make that work. And uh, I've always been the guy who figures out how to make it work. Now I'm getting to be the Peter Molyneux, uh, the big idea guy. And I have to admit, I am enjoying that quite a bit. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, uh, Fred says, Hey, what's the best heavyweight game of the year, Frosthaven excluded? That is a good question. Um, let's take a looky-loo. Let's go to top 
www.rotto.com. Um, and let's just go ahead and share that on the screen. Bloop. All right, this, anybody can go here, top.rotto.com. This is my collection broken down by year. My number one game of the year 2020, Holler Towel. My number one game of the year 2019, Maracaibo. Uh, um, let's see, so far, and I'm expecting to expand this list quite a bit because in the month of December, I am going to work like gangbusters trying to... Um, Get a whole bunch more games played because at the end of the year I'm going to be doing my my preliminary top ten of the year. So heavy games. Um, let's see. These are all kind of medium weight games. I would call Woodcraft borderline heavy. Uh, certainly heavier than all of these. So based on what I have played so far, I am going to say Woodcraft. Right, but. Don't hold me to that. Uh, oops, that's the overhead view where once again I'm showing off the really really cool LED. Um, play. look at that. That's so awesome. Isn't this awesome? Look at it. LEDs. So very, very cool. That is the overhead view. I meant to go back to the talking head view. There we go. Um, right now I'm going to say Woodcraft. Woodcraft is definitely bigger than medium, not super crunchy, but I definitely plan on playing Kanban EV this month. I plan on replaying, um, Endless Winter and, uh, Although, I'll say, in the sort of, I bet you if you turn on some of those modules, gets into the heavier end. What am I planning on playing? Let's see. Let me go on ahead and pull up my calendar. I will not share with you my calendar because there's a lot of personal stuff on the calendar in addition to Rotto Runs Through stuff. And Jen would not um, be a fan of me showing, hey, here's when we're having this doctor's appointment and what it's for kind of stuff. But let's see. What am I planning on playing? I'm planning on playing um, Lacrimosa. I'm planning on playing Carnegie, Federation. Now or Never, Endless Winter, Kanban EV, um, let's see, uh, uh, Monasterio, Time of Empires, that's going to be a lighter game. Those are the big ones that I'm going to try and squeeze in. And some of those, I would say those are all comparably heavy, and some of those might push their way in. And uh, did I mentioned Kanban EV as well. Oh, oh, and Wayfarers of the South, Tigris as well. Uh, oh, and Virtue. I'm also going to try and get Virtue played. These are, and that's only about half. I'm also going to try and play a bunch of lighter games too. But I'm trying in December to play a bunch of games. So some of those might push their way past Woodcraft. But for now, I'm going to say Woodcraft is the answer to your excellent, excellent query. Okay. Um, Kabuki Kid asks, have I watched Andor yet and my thoughts on it? Here's my history. Spoiler free, folks. Don't worry. Spoiler free for the new Star Wars TV show Andor. Um, I have not really been a huge fan of any of the Star Wars TV shows. At all, really. Uh, Mandalorian, I do not see why everybody's so in love with it. It's so, so predictable and so trite. Beautifully done. Amazing breakthroughs in um, you know production value and all that. But the stories are so threadbare. I mean, anytime I am able to accurately predict what characters are going to say and do before they say them. Because I actively try not. I, I want to be surprised. And Mandalorian, as often as not, oh, this is a Seven Samurai episode. I know exactly what's going to happen. Beat for beat and every single beat happens. Oh, this is the Prison Break episode. I know exactly. Oh, and every single beat happens. Oh, oh you're about to say that? Yep. Um, you know, I mean, when, when dialogue is, you know, uh, you take too many risks and the other reply is, you don't take enough risks. And I'm like, oh, that is so true. Right. Why aren't you... Ah. So I have not been a fan of any of the Star Wars shows up till now. Um, I, I've liked things in all of them. The, probably the one I liked the most was Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mostly because I really like um, Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Not because the show was great. Although there were really... There were cool things in all the shows. But none of them have really resonated with me. 
Um, and uh, so I started watching Andor. I got probably 10 or 15 minutes in. It was late at night because, you, know, uh, you know, the new episodes launch at midnight. I'm on West Coast. So if I stay up till midnight, I can watch them right when they come out and avoid spoilers the next day or whatever. So I started watching the first episode. I got 10 minutes in and I was so bored and more to the point, so tired. And so, oh my gosh, seedy underbelly, gra- gra- grim, grimy, grungy. Do I really want to be here? No, I have not enjoyed any of these other shows. What makes me think I'm going to enjoy this show more than any of the others? And I, I turned out. And uh, and then, yo, the early reports from Andor is like, oh my gosh, it's such a snooze fest, nothing happens. And they're like, no, you really have to stick in for the long haul. And I'm like, well, okay, you're not talking me into it. Now, over time, is episode six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I think, is it done yet? I'm not quite sure if they've got a couple more episodes or not. Um, you know, praise has been heaped upon it, heaped upon it, heaped upon it, over and over and over again. How it's truly the first, probably in history, the first truly mature storytelling of in Star Wars, putting aside books and whatnot. And I don't mean mature in that, oh, it's really gross or it's got boobs or stuff, but that it's like, uh, you know, storytelling not aimed at a uh, kid, youngest common denominator, which is what Star Wars has always been. And I'm like, okay, then I probably will like it, but I've just so burned. Burn me once, shame on you. Burn me twice, shame on three. Burn me three times, shame on me. Am I really going to go back for a fourth time? But now I have seen so, and I've, I've been amazingly, even though it's been what 11, 12 episodes, I've really avoided pretty much all spoilers. I know Andy Circus shows up. I know at some point there's going to be a prison again. Um, whatever. So I'm going to go back, and it's funny you should mention Kabuki. I watched the first episode last night in its entirety, and I'm like, oh. You know what? It's just really those first 15 minutes that are really just kind of bleak and boring and dull and just by the numbers. The rest of the first episode is actually very, very good. And if I had just stuck around for five more minutes, I probably would have finished and I would have been watching the whole time. So I plan on watching it and I suspect I will enjoy it. Um, and I'll, I'll report back. Uh, now I've got I've got some binge watching. So I'll be probably watching an episode a night after my wife Jen goes to bed. So I will catch up. No spoilers, please. But that's uh, where I'm at with Andor so far. Although Willow is on tonight. I'd much rather watch... No. Willow? Is it tonight or tomorrow night? I'm very excited about that. Okay. Um, Alex Andergen, or Ander, uh, J-N, says, Is it possible to play Risk without making an enemy for life? Here's a dirty little secret. I have never played Risk in my life. Uh, It was just not something that was available to me as a kid. And as a Care Bear board game playing adult, I have no reason to go back and play it. When Risk Legacy came out and I heard what it does, I was so excited. And I was in Malta at the time and I had some friends who were playing it and they were telling me about it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to play this. But I don't want to play Risk. I don't want to play a war game. And certainly a war game that's terrible at two. I don't even think it officially supports two. So I miss the... I mean, if I was ever going to play Risk, it would have been Risk Legacy. I missed the window for that. And uh, I'd probably never play it. So... Uh, you'll make an enemy of me if you make me play it because I just don't care. Uh, but, I mean, really, isn't it more you'll make enemies because isn't it just incredibly simplistic and boring and you know for kids? I don't know. I've never played it. I doubt I ever will. Another dark secret, I have never played a pen and paper role-playing game. I have never played a, a Dungeons & Dragons RPG or anything. Even though I've read lots of source books, I um, when I was 10 to 14... 
I was so in love with the idea of Dungeons and Dragons. I read all, and it's just when I was ten to fourteen, I was living on a boat, a fifty-two or forty-two foot seal hall sailboat that my dad built from scratch, and it was just me, my mom, my dad, and my little brother. And I was so in love with these, but I didn't have anybody who was in it because nobody in my family wanted to play. So I spent so many hours with graph paper making dungeons that would never get played. I spent so many hours poring over the bestiaries, uh, reading from cover to cover the tune. I was really wanting to play that one, and I figured, oh, I'll have to be the uh, game master. But um, you know, from 10 to 14, I had no friends, and I had a family who was not interested. I, to be fair, that's not true. I think my mom did try to play once, and she tried to be really clever and creative with the decisions she would make, and I'm like, Mom, just do what you're supposed to do, because as a 12-year-old kid, I did not know how to think fast on my feet and be a good dungeon master, you know, trying to adjust things based on, you know, having some creative players. I, someday I will play them, but I have not yet, and I have not played any Risk. Okay, um, let's see here. Uh, am I planning on playing uh, Atua by Uwe Rosenberg anytime soon? Oh, I wish I was. I, that would have been, that was like in my top three most anticipated games uh, for Essen Spiel. But I did not go to Germany. Um, and I do not have a hookup to get a copy of it over here. This is, I was just talking about the games I'm going to try to play in the month of December to, uh, to try to, inter to determine if any of them need to push their way into my top 10. Here's the ones that I'm, let me find it. I've got a list here somewhere. I've got a list of the games that I don't think I'll get a chance to play in December because I can't get my hands on them and I'll have to play them in you know January, February, March, April when they become more widely available because in April or May, I always do a follow-up my, my, on Christmas Day, December 25th, I will put up my preliminary top 10 of 2022. At the end of April or the beginning of May, I will put up my final list because I will have gotten to play all these other games. The other games I want to play um, include... Let's see, where is that list? Is it here? All right, do, do, do. Right. Um, okay, well, first of all, I've got a few games that will not be eligible. Frosthaven, the, the new Feld City Games from Queen Games, and Wingspan Asia. I would not consider those to be top 10 candidates of games for the year because they're not new games. They're basically just expansions that are standalone. Um, and for me, whenever I do my top 10s, I always try to say, hey, I want to be about new games, new experiences, not tweaks to existing experience. So I would leave all of those out. Uh, and other ones I would like to try, um, Ottawa, Lofoten, Weather Machine, My City, The Roll and Write, um, Orionberger Canal, Crossing Oceans, Twilight Inscription, Tribes of the Wind, Rise, Oathsworn, Project Galileo, and uh, yeah. Though, and maybe a few more, but those are also ones that I think could make it into my top 10, but I have no means of getting my hands on them right now, um, and uh, because I'm not in Europe and I didn't go to Essen where I could have just picked all of them up, and uh, so we'll see. Uh, if nothing else, I'll probably get a chance to play all of those when I go to the Dice Tower West convention in March. So hopefully by then, any of them I haven't played, I'll play at that convention so I'll be able to know whether they should get added to my top 10 of the year. And like I said, Ottawa, I mean, I think that's three. Uh, no, it's two. Uh, because the you'll notice I didn't put the uh, Apple picking one because that's just basically a offshoot of Patchwork, which is nice. But, um, you know, the... The, the Orienburger Canal and Ottawa from Uwe look, both look like they could be Uwe true greatness. So I'm excited about both of them. All righty. Is there a game convention you haven't attended that you would really like to go to? Well, PAX Unplugged, definitely. I keep hearing about how awesome that is. But it's on the other side. It used to be on the other side of the planet when I lived in Malta. Now it's on the other side of the country, which might as well be on the other side of the planet. Um, 
So that would certainly be the uh, top of the list. I guess once upon a time, I would have wanted to go to Origin, but it seems like that has really fallen quite a bit. I'd love to go back to the UK Games Expo, but I've been there once. Uh, that was really nice. And I'm always up for going to, uh, you know, I still think of all the conventions I've gone to over the years, uh, the Board Game Geek conventions are always the, the best time. Um, uh, you know, Aldi and the Board Game Geek crew, they put on a great show. What else? It's interesting. There's actually a convention in Seattle that we th- Jen and I talked about going to uh, this year, but we missed or I don't know, schedule conflict just couldn't quite make it happen. Um, I forget what it's called, but it's basically about uh, geek girl power. It's all about you know comics and games and crafts that are that are you know hardcore geek stuff, but everything uh, produced by women. And Jen wanted to go there because, hey, she's a woman who makes geeky items, and she would get a table, and we really wanted to go to that one, and we probably, maybe we'll go next year. Just couldn't make it work this year, but when we heard about that, I cannot remember the name of it, but it seems so cool, and I really like the idea. And, you know, we're just down here, and I mean, it's just, you know, Seattle's like a, I don't know, a three three to four hour drive for us. So we could definitely make that happen. So that might be one as well that I would definitely like to try. Okay. Um, let's see. And we've run out of questions because, uh, uh, multi asks coffee or tea. Can I say neither? If you're going to make me take one, it'll be tea because I hate coffee. I hate the smell of coffee. I hate the taste of coffee. There is no greater waste of perfectly good ice cream than to put coffee flavor into it. Mocha ice cream or milkshakes that are coffee, mocha, cappuccino flavored. Ugh. Tea, I don't really like tea too, but at least I can stomach it. Um, Me, I just like water. That is 99% of all fluids I drink in my life are water. If it's not um, that, it's going to be some kind of milkshake. Those are, that is 100% of all the fluids I drink. Straight water and milkshakes occasionally. Okay, nobody else has asked any questions, but we've still got a few minutes before Ruel is ready to start streaming my game of the month, Shake That City. Whee! Uh, which I absolutely adore. And you'll definitely want to stick around for that. So let me just go on ahead and scroll and see if people have been talking about stuff that would give me a topic to talk about. Uh, but def- folks, you definitely want to stick around for this. This game is so freaking good. And remember, ask your questions with a question mark at the beginning. Uh, but in the meantime, let's see here. Uh, All right. Oh, there, 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 was a, uh, there was a spammer. I need to get rid of that. Oh, it's oh my gosh! It's a, it's a Dogecoin spammer. Oh, uh, I'll I'll figure that out later because I need to mark them as not bueno. Let's see. Mm-hmm-hmm. All right, here's where some questions were asked. All right, here's people. Oh, oh there's Nightbot. Oh, we're recording the YouTube movie. Oh, good. Nightbot was doing that. I guess Ruel set that up. I did not realize that. Yay, Ruel. Okay. <laughs> uh, Kabuki says Jen is real. Uh, Richard says uh, she goes to school in Canada, gets to see her in the summer. Okay, let me just put this to rest right now. Let's come back over to the browser, 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 and let's go to jen.rado.com. For the record, here is a playlist of 110 videos that my wife has joined me for. Uh, Jen and I played Targi together uh, live. Jen and I played Marco Polo 2 live. Jen and I played Cubitos. Jen and I played Pit Crew, Paramedics. 
Jen's been in a lot of videos. There is ample... Here is me, um, Ruel, and Jen playing Stella Dixit, the most recent thing that Jen has done publicly. If you want to go private, uh, members.rado.com. So this is a list of shows that are available for uh, people who actually back the show on YouTube or Patreon. Uh, Jen and I played Village Rails this month. Last month, we played uh, Star Wars Clone Wars and Onironauts. And uh, before then, you know, and every month, Jen does her own version of, you know, a countdown of the best games of the month. Uh, we played five together. You know, here, proof, 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 proof. Now, it's not good proof because Jen does not like being full screen. But there you can see her right up there in the corner. There she is. Can you see her? Um, is this on screen? Oh, no, you can't see her because I'm covering her up. Uh, oh, that's all right. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Let me go to a different browser view. Bloop. There she is. Oh, but now the other stuff is co covering her up. Ah, there she is. There she is right there in a little tiny window playing five with me. Proof. Proof that she exists. Proof of life. Okay. Uh, let's go back to the talking head and let's see here. Um, mm, all right. Um, Malger asked with a question mark. Thank you, Malger. Have we decided on the name for the Bravo? Yes. Or, I'm sorry. Our, 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 what was it? It's a 2002, no, our, our 2003 Winnebago Brave 30W. Um, we are now, we're trying out the Bravo or Bravo. Uh, because, you know, it's a brave and it's, it's fun to say bravo and bravo, we say as we take off and stuff like that. And hey, let's get back to the bravo and whatnot. Uh, and that feels good. I don't know if it's sticking, though. Um, Jen liked the brava, but I, I think that would even have a hard time sticking. So I, I, I felt like we've decided, but we, you know, we, it's like we're, it doesn't feel natural yet. Now, Jen actually had a suggestion the other day, and I don't know how I feel about it. It kind of made me cry a little bit, so I'll just say it and not dwell on it. Jen said we could call it Bobby, uh, which was, my, my other's name is Roberta, but she had her name illegally changed to Bobby. And um, you know, as we were talking about how, how um, wonderful, how happy it would make her to know that Jen and I are doing this lifestyle experiment, because at one point, I don't know, 20 years ago, she actually had an RV. And when my parents had to file for bankruptcy, she lost the RV, unfortunately. And that was always one of her great regrets in life because she didn't get to use it as much as she wanted to. And she always wanted to get another. But by the time we went back to the States, her health was too poor that she could really live on the road like that anymore. Um, but I know it would make her so happy. And, um, you know, the, you know, the stuff that she left behind, uh, several of the things, they were like, oh, mom, why do you even have this stuff? And like, you don't use it. It's just sitting in storage and we're finding it. This would go great in the Bravo. And so, um, you know, every time we do, we find another one of these things, like a, a, a really good, like a, the, on our last trip, uh, mom had this wonderful, soft, cushy bath mat uh, that she never used. Uh, deep blue, really soft and cushy. And Jen said, oh, look, we can use it as a footrest over here. And I, and I put my feet up and I said, oh my God, this is so comfortable. And Jen just said, thanks, Bobby. And um, so that's a possibility too. Plus it starts with B. And, uh, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to start crying all the time, uh, you know, just thinking about it, but that's certainly a possibility too. Uh, but right now we're trying Bravo, trying to make that work. Oh, uh, Jerry, that is a cool name. I do like that name. It doesn't really, have, uh, actually I had an uncle Jerry, uh, who died when I was, I don't know, six or seven. Uh, actually, so honestly, that's a good idea, but I would probably think more about my uncle Jerry who died when I was seven. than I would think about Jerry Ryan or something like that. Cause I'm a huge Star Trek fan. Um, let's see here. Oh man. Couldn't get through a live stream in front of people without crying a little bit. Could I? I knew I, 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 I just saying it out loud. Oh, I'm not going to cry. I'm going to tell this story, but I'm going to keep it straight faced. 
yeah, um, power of positive thinking did not work there. Let's see here. All right, so it is 2 o'clock now. Uh, has Ruel shown up in the chat? Because he should show up in the chat and say, I'm ready to go. But I don't... Let's just go. Twitch, Ruel Gaviola. Let's see if he's ready to go. And he just hasn't told us yet. Um, bu -bu -bu. All right, we're going to his... And, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It says he's starting soon. All right, so Ruel is queued up, ready to go. He just, uh, yeah, yeah, thank you, Kabuki, for confirming. So, okay, I have stretched. I have padded it out. I have made it to the end uh, with your folks' help. Thank you for the questions. And now let's go on ahead and um, send all that love to Ruel. And believe me, folks, this game is so freaking good. If you have not seen it in action, just stick around for the first 10 minutes so you can see him show you how it plays and you know do a couple of turns. And then I should warn you, though, if you do it, you will then probably decide, oh, I should immediately go to the Kickstarter page and back it because it's just that good. Shake that city. Uh, my number one game of the month of November. Let's see here. That is not the raid button. Where's the raid button? Okay, Ruel Gaviola. All right, so folks, we are going to raid. And by the way, folks, uh, also another reason to stick around and do the raid is, um, you know, I didn't do any today, but if you, the longer you watch the channel, the more you can earn Rotto points that you can use to unlock things like making me do top threes or making Ruel rank his collection or doing game sommelier segments and stuff like that. So um, the longer you watch, the more points you get uh, to do various things. And if you actually make it through a raid, that gives you bonus points as well uh, that you can use in votes and all kinds of things. So you should definitely consider sticking out for this raid. Uh, and we are going to be jumping over. Let's begin the countdown. In five, four, three, two, one, raid! Go, 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 go! And it looks like, oh, I should have waited 20 seconds because it says seriously starting in 20 seconds. But it seems to be working. Um... 10 seconds. Alrighty. So I think that succeeded and I'm just going to hang on for a little bit and make sure that we actually see him going. Let's see here. Wait. Oh, ah, he's not paying. There he is. Okay. Cool. 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 Perfecto. It worked brilliantly. And, uh, and thanks for anybody who actually made it this far. Talk to everybody. So long. Uh, bye.